From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red, the Toon, and the Cat. Should be a quiet I'm short day, shouldn't it? Oh. I'm back! <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, baby! What's going on, world? Woo-hoo-hoo! Your microphone. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Live from a bin in an office, right? Oh, my bad. Look, look, my bad. Okay? Listen, live on Xbox bad. Live. I'm not playing Call of Duty with you, mate. I'm trying to produce radio with you. My my microphone cord has gone missing. I I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm on a laptop. I feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a Keith on 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 a on a Wednesday night in 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 somewhere world. I don't know what I'm going. But I'm back, baby. I'm back. He's back. He's back. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we well? We're all it good, so I'm good. telling you now, Dave, Dave would not be happy with that mic. He usually bullies me on air about yeah, my yeah, sound. No, this mic is shocking. I haven't tried to do couple of days. House, county, room, PC. Welcome back, though, mate. It is nice to have no, you No, it's back. good to be back. At least, at, least, um, at least I'm here in some form, but I do apologise. The setup isn't complete. I've got stuff everywhere. But, lads, moving is worse than FFP. It is worse (laughs) than... uh, FFP and VAR put together. uh, Exactly. But moving house is worse than both of them. I want to talk to anyone at Everton or Nottingham Forest right now, and I will go on a debate show with them about how moving is worse than what they're going through right now. (laughs) I want Nunes and I want Sean Dyche on the stand next to me oh, and I want yeah, to yeah. fight them on how uh, what I'm going through is worse what you want to fight Sean Dyche yeah I, 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 I'll take him I'll take him. are you kidding me I'll have tickets for that I'll take uh, I'll take him Rivy Rivy Dyche the guy's a pussycat I'll take him any day anywhere put him put me in the ring put me in the ring he'll have a he'll he'll he won't be able to talk after when I'm done with him his voice box will be gone even worse than it is now but lads it's so good to be back oh my goodness how good's the borough how good's the Borough been? The only team yeah. to win on the weekend. What's happening with your two clubs? <laughs> oh, there we go. That's exactly right. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Because the Borough are the best. The Borough are the best. We're back, baby. We had a strong win on the weekend. We've signed a Zaz. We've signed Luke Ayling. Have you guys signed anyone? No? Nope. Nope. Crickets again. Wow. What's happening this week, eh? <laughs> hey? must, must, must have been an interesting show without me. Oh. Hey? Whoa. It was great. Jeez. It was actually Talking very Newcastle classy. and Sunderland. <laughs> it was very classy, actually. I don't think we mentioned our clubs at all, apart from in the headlines yesterday. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Spent half an hour doing a quiz about Australia. Which yeah, Steve nearly won. Stop exaggerating. <laughs> I did. Spent an hour was... yesterday doing a quiz about Australia. <laughs> it was a three-hour show all about Australia. <laughs> we were missing you that much. I know. Well, yes. it's good to be back, lads, and I'm so happy to be here. I will have the proper setup. I apologise to the listeners, but listen, at least I'm back <laughs> into your eardrums, my borough faithful. I love you each and everybody. Yes, Hello, Sunderland and, and Newcastle <laughs> fans as well. Uh, right, in the next uh, two hours of your morning breakfast with your hot cup of coffee, your, your Vegemite on toast, whatever it is you're chewing on this morning, I'm going to be in your ear, eardrums talking over these two, as per usual. Uh, we're going to be back because Mourinho's been sacked. 
Jose is gone. We're going to talk about Mourinho and uh, where he could end up next. Could he be going to Sunderland? Could he be going to Newcastle? Could he be taking over at Port Vale? You will get the breaking news here as I spoke to Jose last night uh, in this little bucket that I'm uh, recording from. Nottingham <laughs> Forest was he playing Call of Duty Nudo. with you, was he? <laughs> Fortnite. Nudo. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually yeah, he's not from, uh, I'm actually live from Michael Carrick's office, so if he walks in at any stage, I will have to just duck out for two secs. Uh, Nottingham Forest boss Nuno Santo uh, says he's focused on the team and not Premier League charges. Uh, I will ask the lads, if, has Steve Cooper been able to dodge a bullet there? Uh, Henderson wants out. Benzema wants out. Why has Saudi League flopped? We're going to talk to... The two lads about the Saudi League. The Premier League CEO, Richard Masters, what a name as well, by the way, for a CEO, has confirmed that a date has been set for Man City's cases of 150 charges. But guess what? Guess what, Teddy boy? Yeah. He said, yes. I can't tell you when that date is. He's, he's like, he's oh. like, I don't know, he's like one of, you know, your, your, your previous When I was lovers. single, I used to get you know told I mean? that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They would say, "Yeah, t- yeah, of course, well, Teddy boy, I'll meet you in the, I'll meet you at the, uh, at the prom on this." And they, but they can't tell you what the date they're going to set. So, th- <laughs> yeah, is that what you guys call it over there? Do you have prom? No. I don't know what it is. And no. then uh, my next point was: Will Sunderland sign anyone? Question mark. Crickets. Yes. Will Newcastle get a deal? Crickets. Will Borough go for a striker because we've already signed two people? Oh yes. Uh, and will we see anyone leave any of the three northeast clubs? Uh, let's talk about the transfer window with only 15 days to go. And we're also going to talk about a little bit of, about football club songs and what makes them so good and so famous. But the big breaking news, the best news, the news that has stopped the world, nay the nation, nay my backyard, is that I am back on the radio in your eardrums <laughs> and Teddy and Steve were absolutely doing backflips without me. The DMs that I was getting from these two lads, ladies and gentlemen, was incredible. I had, I had, I had Teddy Boy texting me yesterday saying, I can't do this without you. Please tell me you're coming back. I had my good mate Raithi in my DMs yesterday saying, I miss your voice in my ears. Your voice soothes me, and I haven't been able to sleep for four days. That's the, you know that's a typical wow. DM from Raithi. I had, I had I've had Dave, you know, Radio Dad, telling me, "Son, I need you more than I've ever Son. needed you before." I mean, Daz is coming in saying, "Listen, my little nephew, when can you come back? We're missing you. Uh, my 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 borough faithful need you. Uh, look, I'm back, and it's breaking news." Uh, and, and I'm happy to be back and I apologise about the PlayStation 4 mic uh, but I am live from Michael Carrick's office and I'll give you all the breaking news but let's as always start with club headlines Yee-hoo! Smoggies and Proud Borough News Hello Borough Faithful Good morning you big beautiful humans I hope you're fantastic safe and well what a week it's been what a time to be a Borough fan, am I right? Middlesbrough won't be making the Mackhams a mad. See what I did there? As Manchester United look to set hold to hold on to Diallo this month. On good authority, it is believed that Mad will be remaining with Man United as he has been super impressive in training since returning from injury. Middlesbrough had made an inquiry for the impressive winger, but will now turn their attention to a striker uh, as a replacement for the injured Coburn and Emmanuel Latte-Lath. Options are not fruitful in the striker department, so, and Middlesbrough are not willing to overpay and will be trying to get a significant loan deal done. But just breaking news there, Middlesbrough will not be pushing 
for Ahmad Diallo this month. He is going to be staying at Man United. Brisbane's game against Tony Mowbray's Birmingham has been postponed. Borough were due to face Moggers men on the 27th of January. However, Birmingham's win last night in the FA Cup means the game will now have to be rescheduled for a later date. And just quickly, Micah Richards is, loves the Borough and he loves what Michael Carrick's doing and he loves Rye as well. He hasn't said that, but I know he feels it. Don't we all? Uh, the former defender told the Rest is Football podcast that we've talked about Gerard, Lampard and Rooney as the ex-coaches. But I think Michael has got to be has got something special about him. What's best about Carrick is that he can work with the players who are not at top of their game and really improve them as a team and as an individual. Yes, we saw that Chelsea and maybe Aston Villa missed some chances, but they've still got the job done against Chelsea. Mighty impressive. Oh, Richards, you can call me any time, mate, because the Middlesbrough is impressive. I'm back, baby. That's your Borough headlights. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. Castle United hope that there is finally light at the end of the tunnel for Harvey Barnes. The £38 million man has not rejoined the main group for training, but is finally back up and running after suffering a setback on a toe injury sustained back in September. The sight of Barnes being back on grass is a huge positive for Eddie Howe on a day that he announced that Joe Linton could be missing until March. Richard Masters has confirmed that the Premier League are contemplating making changes to the top flight's profit and sustainability regulations. Top flight clubs can currently make losses of up to 105 million over a three year period, but these rules are different to UEFA's, which will ultimately limit spending on wages, transfers and agent fees to 70% of their revenue in 25-26. Newcastle United have been working on both sets of rules, but senior figures behind the scenes believe it would make sense for the Premier League to match up. The Premier League chief executive said we're considering moving to the squad cost ratio model that UEFA has adopted and this will be discussed at a two-day meeting in February. And if you're in need of a live football fix, the Newcastle under-18s face Bournemouth in the FA Youth Cup fourth round at St James's Park tonight. Kick-off is 7 o'clock, and if no outcome is reached after 90 minutes, there'll be 30 minutes of additional time before a penalty shootout if required. The winners will face an away tie against Spurs in round five. They defeated Burton Albion on Tuesday night in their fourth round meeting. It's a pay, uh, all-pay game with season tickets and memberships not valid for entry. East Stand cash turnstiles will be open. £3 adults, a pound concessions. Digital tickets are also available online now to members with an additional £1 charge. That's in Newcastle United headlines on Wednesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning Sunderland fans, there's a growing number of reports linking players with a potential move to the stadium of light this month, including strikers Kiefer Moore and Sam Gallagher. Now a new name has been linked with the Black Cats, Leicester City left-back Luke Thomas, who both local and national press say is a lone target for Beeland Code this month. Sunderland have just had Gialisi as a recognised option at left-back right now, following long-term injuries to both Dennis Serkin and Niall Huggins. Michael Beale has admitted that Sunderland's clash with Hull City is a very big game. The Black Cats are on the hunt for their third win in seven games under the new head coach, while they will be eager to do the double over the Tigers. Sunderland only faced Hull on Boxing Day and claimed a narrow win thanks to a late goal from Jack Clark. Three points for the host could see them move back into the Championship playoff positions, but defeat could potentially leave them mid-table once this weekend's fixtures have been completed. And finally, the news you've all been waiting for. Season 3 of the Netflix docuseries Sunderland Till I Die is set to hit screens next month. 
the fly on the wall documentary charted the Black Cats relegation from the championship and first campaign back in League One in seasons one and two. The final season will consist of three episodes and chronicle Sunderland's journey back to the championship through their League One playoff final win against Wickham Wanderers under former head coach Alex Neil. The date for the third and final season of Sunderland Till I Die can be found on the Netflix app, which is February the 13th, 2024. There are your Sunderland headlines. Oh. From Wickham to Whitley fingers. Stonygate to Shields, <laughs> Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted and Rye. The North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North East, the Red okay. Platoon yeah. and the Cat. Good morning, it is the North East Footy Breakfast right across the North East on the Cat, the Tune and the Red. And you can get involved with our lads this morning uh, via the WhatsApp. It's 033-043-2002. Uh, just drop us a WhatsApp and you can uh, get in touch with the, uh, the the best radio show right across the North East. Uh, it is us, the North East Footy Brekkie, and we've had a few messages in already. Uh, some people up early Woo! this morning. Norman has been in touch. Uh, all reet. Steve, just tell them we're Premier League. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, That's Norm. We've got the internet, though. We can see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barry's been in touch as well. Uh, this morning, guys. Hope you're okay. Oh, Barry. Uh, Steve, any truth in Christiansen from Barcelona signing, or is it paper talk? Paper talk at the moment. Um, I think there's uh, there's a problem at Newcastle, uh, you know, in more ways than one. Obviously, we've got the injury list, but also, I just think I think there's 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 an issue with this whole Ashworth unsettlement. Um, Steve Nixon, head of recruitment, um, is probably you know scratching his head, not knowing who to listen to, what to do. I just think there's a few issues developing in Newcastle at all. Speculation, though. I think speculation about that, speculation about injuries, speculation about the you know the situation. Uh, developing with transfers, I just think it's all it's all paper talk, mate. None of it's useful. It's the answer to your question. There you go. Thank you very much. And uh, Daniel has been in touch as well. Morning, gents. Uh, Morning, Daniel. Morning, Daniel. Uh, Richard Masters. Morning, beha- Daniel. Richard Masters' behaviour yesterday was very demeaning. I felt. I'm a hundred percent sure he's now a cartel puppet. That's uh, according to Daniel. Um, and he also, I, I, I can't read this bit. Uh, well, ooh, welcome back. Rye. Oh, right. Oh, uh, that's from our Daniel as well. To it. Uh, you, encourage him. You know he's excited. You can get in touch on Audible 3 or 043 2002. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Absolutely fantastic. And it's so good to be back, Daniel. I know that you have been missing me. I know the reason you tune in is not for Newcastle, but it is for me. So it's good to be back, Daniel. Thank you for welcoming me back. Uh, let's just quickly talk on that. It's not part of the headlines, but we do need to talk about that. Uh, just going on from what Steve was just said, obviously being questioned. There seems to be a bit going on at Newcastle. And we've seen some alleged comments coming in overnight uh, from the about the ownership as well, uh, Steve. Uh, I guess, is it? I mean, it seems to be all a bit, a bit ugly and it's all alleged at the moment moment um, and then you've also got the issues with the transfer front as well what is happening at magpie land at the moment uh, I'm, what do you mean by the owners i'm not sure what you mean because okay okay that. okay all right so so let me let me let me try and find it uh but obviously there there, there is rumors at the moment and i'll read the I'll, when i can find it uh because i'm right. working on out of michael carrick's office of course uh, because and, uh, <laughs> michael how are you it's good to see you thank you for rocking up 
What's that? Yes, I can. I'll be on the training pitch soon to check him out. While you're looking for it, while uh, you're looking for it, I'll just say that there's there's no issue I, that I know with the owners. I just think ultimately, you know, Darren Eels has come out last week and spoken about FFP and told everybody exactly where we're at. You know that Newcastle are following the rules whilst other teams are now being hauled over the coals and face, you know, potential point deductions because it's alleged that they haven't. So Nottingham Forest and Everton, uh, you know, Everton again, of course, after losing 10 points are, are back in the, you know, the public eye for, for the wrong reasons and potentially could face six points deduction for, for you know, breaching financial fair play. So Newcastle um, have come out and, you know, as, as I read out in the headlines as well, you know, Newcastle are following the instructions to the team which you would expect them to do because you know it took our takeover so long to go through there was such an objection to Saudi ownership uh, but Newcastle are, are just playing it with a straight bat and not not deviating off the path and making sure that the you know the double check everything but you know where does this put us in the transfer market well look the transfer market's got another 13 days to go it's still got another two weeks um Newcastle you know, if they act, have got time to do it. So, you know, the injuries to to, to key players will will de- will determine, you know, who and you know what we sign and 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 how we sign it. Um, you're not going to bring in permanent replacements in midfield when you know you've got next year Tenali coming back. Uh, Joe Linton should be back before the end of the season. Harvey Barnes is almost back. Jacob Murphy is almost back. Um, you know, it's not really a, an area where we need to improve on a permanent basis. Uh, we've been messed around, I think, is the best way to explain the Man City uh, Calvin Phillips situation. Um, they, they just won't budge. Um, Eddie Howe said in his press conference last Friday, Newcastle United's got no friends um, within the transfer market. So I guess that means that Man City won't budge. They, they want £7 million. They want wages as well. Um, you know, percentage of wages paid. So that's just, you know, if that happens, you know, then I'll be very surprised. It looks in all intents and purposes if he's going to go to Crystal Palace and, and help them for the rest of the season. So, you know, we've got to look elsewhere. Um, is there another loan deal? Well, you know, the Saudi market is something we looked at. You know, potentially we could we could go to the Saudi but market. Neves was bring- linked, wasn't he? course he was that was right at the start of it and it was it was knocked on the head quite quickly you know because you know we I guess we were testing the water maybe you know the media were testing the water to see whether that was an area that Newcastle United were going to go to but there's two weeks guys I'm not panicking um you know we 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 are threadbare in the midfield at the moment because you know we've only got Sean Longstaff Bruno Gomares and Lewis Miley available and you know but we have got two weeks off and you know, two weeks is gonna hopefully see Harvey Barnes and Jacob Murphy and Callum Wilson all ready to go. Probably not for the Fulham game, but most definitely for Aston Villa. Um, the Fulham game, Fulham game in the FA Cup, I would imagine may come too soon for for two of them. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Murphy back for that. Um, but I think the Villa game, we could see, you know, we could see Harvey Barnes certainly available on the bench, and maybe maybe it's Callum Wilson. So look, three players coming back in makes a big difference to that squad um, of course you've got the disciplinary tightrope that Anthony Gordon and Bruno Gomares is walking but the way people are talking is as if they're going to miss you know the, you know, they're going to miss loads of games well you know you miss two games yes but again you know he's got to get booked first um, you know they've the both got to you know they've both got to reach the threshold first and 
you know, I think there's a lot of unnecessary panicking going on. Um, there are rumours, and, and I stress there are rumours about, you know, uh, uh, Dan Ashworth, you know, not seeing eye to eye with Eddie Howe. That's gone on for that's gone on for, for months now, people saying that. Where's the proof? Where is the proof that that is the case? I've not, you know, we've not seen anything, we've not heard anything. Um, people saying that Steve Nixon is under pressure. Well, yeah, that's an obvious thing to say. If Newcastle, um, if Newcastle can release the purse strings to some degree and Steve Nixon as head of recruitment doesn't bring anything in then of course you would imagine his job would be on the line because he hasn't identified any players that they can bring in and that you know they don't bring anybody in the transfer window that's down to him however if you know the reason we don't sign anybody in the transfer window is down to the fact that you know we can't because we will breach financial fair play then it's as simple as that so you know I don't really think um, I, you know, me personally, I am not panicking at this moment in time, and I think we are in the midst now of a media frenzy, uh, which the media love doing it because it creates clicks, and they know that Newcastle United fans will click, 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 and and boost their pay packets. Um, you know, as soon as Jose and and I, me and you predicted this yesterday, Ted. I said to you yesterday and to Dave yep. that as soon as Jose Mourinho was sacked whilst we were doing the show yesterday morning let's see how long it takes before Newcastle United are linked with him even though there is <laughs> no minutes. vacancy it was three minutes yeah and it was Jim White Jim White yeah. uh, Jim White on another radio station um, on his well on his Twitter on his on his ex account basically just saying who would like to see him back in the Premiership and you're like well you know and then it's just a whole host of people saying Chelsea Newcastle Newcastle Chelsea Chelsea Newcastle Newcastle Chelsea there's no vacancy at Chelsea or Newcastle both teams have got managers that they're very happy with um, and and we watched the Amazon documentary you know we know the owners know that this season was never going to be as successful as last season and they all have said we overachieved so I think it's I think it's just I think it's just a maelstrom of um, noise being created by the media and yeah I'm not I, I'm not buying into it have you found the article right yeah, I have. I have. Certainly have. So this is what was alleged yesterday, or it's coming overnight, uh, overnight for everyone in England. So you'll be waking up to the news today that Newcastle chairman Al Ramian uh, is facing a $74 million, that's dollars, $58 million lawsuit for carrying out malicious instructions of Bin Salman. It is alleged that Yassir Al-Rahman, the chairman of Newcastle United and Live Golf, faces being sued for allegedly having carried out the instructions of Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman with the malicious intent of harming, silencing and ultimately destroying the family of the country's former intelligent chief. That is the claims that are coming out this morning that the Newcastle chair, uh, sorry, the Newcastle chairman uh, will be facing a significant lawsuit over the next coming months that was uh, reported today by Daily Mail. Again, all alleged, nothing confirmed but uh, still not what you want to see at the moment no definitely not you don't want to see anything like that connected with Newcastle but I would imagine that if there is you know a, a risk of damaging the brand if you like PIF then there, there will be action you know immediately but Al Ramayan is um, you know he's obviously Newcastle's chairman so we'll be interested to yeah. see how that one develops I definitely mm. uh, knew nothing about that but as you said it's all alleged so you know I would yeah, imagine that uh, I would imagine that will uh, that will you know well it'll all come out in the wash as they say in the North East it yeah. certainly will Norman certainly uh, has will, been back happened. in touch on the WhatsApp uh, Steve he's a couple of points to you again Steve um, uh, Steve, do you think we need to sell 
And is FFP there to prevent other teams matching the cartel? Surely that's against competitive rules. Well, yeah, of course we need to sell, but the problem is that players we've got, nobody wants to buy them. Um, you know, we've got people like Isaac Hayden, Jeff Hendrick, Ryan Fraser, who, you know, there's, there's the players there, but their, their contracts are going to run out, um, which which will which will take their wages off, you know, our our wage bill come you know come August, well, ju- you know, July August. But you know, if you're saying should we sell? Isaac or Bruno, which is the the ludicrous names being suggested in the newspapers at the moment. Well, yeah, but, I mean we could do that, and it's going to be it's going to benefit us. It actually benefits us more with financial fair play rules if we sell somebody like Sean Longstaff because he's a homegrown player. You actually mm-hmm. you actually make more money by doing that. But are Newcastle going to do that? Uh, certainly not in this window. We can't afford to sell anybody. Otherwise, we'll be asking fans to to stick on some boots in the crowd and come and have a game because that's where we're at at the moment with the injury list. So uh, no, uh, no, we'll not be selling anybody in January. I will be very surprised. Um, but could we sell somebody in the summer? Would there be a big what you would consider a big name? Of course, that could happen. Um, you know, you know, nobody stays at a football club forever. And, you know, maybe Newcastle may get an offer for somebody like Sean Longstaff. Would you would you cash in on Sean Longstaff now? Um, you know, if, if it means that you're going to make some decent inroads into your financial fair play, possibly. But I think Newcastle will sit tight. Um, I don't expect lots of movement. I've heard some people say they think we'll sign three players in this window. Um I'd love to know where they get that confidence from. I'd love to think we can get at least one body in. Um, you know, if we got two, I think we'd be in dreamland. But I think one would be one would be a, a blessing at this moment in time, even if it's a short-term loan from the Saudi league, you know, or, or wherever. Um, but uh, you know, as for as for FFP, um, it, it's quite clear that it was designed to protect certain clubs in the Premier League. It was designed to protect the precious top six that were, you know, uh, you know that have always been there. And you know, the more you look at it, the more um, you know you have to question it. But with with regards to the rule changes potentially being implemented in February, who's that to suit? Who's 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 going to benefit from that? You've got to ask the questions. Why why now, Richard Masters? Are you suddenly contemplating <laughs> changing something in February? Is it because Newcastle, Aston Villa, Brighton, um, you know, are all you know suddenly coming it. coming into the picture and looking yep. at look and, and, and ruining ruining this big party that you've all been having for for, for years. It's um, <laughs> it's it, it it is crazy. Like it is crazy because they're doing everything in the public eye. I think. The biggest mistake they've made is deduct Neverton ten points um, because now they've set themselves they've set themselves up. Yeah. They've, they've got to do everything like that. They've, any any yeah. financial breach has to be punished. But why aren't Manchester City being punished and and, and hauled yeah. over the coals? What just because yeah. they've got lawyers that appear to be kicking things down the road? I don't know why. You know they're not cracking down on the other teams. It's you look this 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 is this could almost destroy. The best league, you know, the best league in the world. Um, they've got it's a brand, you know, it's a brand which has been very successful, made lots of money, but you know, it could destroy it. I mean, it looks as well. You know, we're talking about Newcastle not signing anybody, but there's nobody else signing anybody of any great value. Um, there's, there's hardly Barrett any have. of the movers. There's hardly it's any of the movers, and we're talking the Premiership, mate. It's only Spurs have spent any real money. Yeah, the championships a different ball game. The Premier League is where nobody is nobody is making a move. You know, um, it's it's straight. Listen, it's it's. Do you think it's, they're it's scared too, Steve? 
Yeah, I think, think people scared? are scared. I think people are yeah. scared. I think people are scared, but they're also waiting. And, 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 yeah. and why? Why isn't? Why is Richard Masters waiting until February to change the rules? Yeah. You know, he's waiting until the transfer window is closed and then change things. It's yeah, I, you know, I, I, after the whole takeover, um, f- like facade that we had to go through, the, you know, that whole situation that we had to go through with Richard Masters. Anything that the Premier League do is questionable to, to, to Newcastle fans. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all to see what is going on. Um, but yeah, we're going to watch with interest over the next couple of weeks to who signs who. Uh, but I don't expect a massive amount of uh, transfers. I think it'll through. be the lowest spending January transfer window we've yeah, ever seen, lads. Agreed. I'll, yeah. I'll make that guess now. Yeah, I would yeah, agree. I think so. Yeah, I think everyone's just too scared to pull it out, aren't they? Especially when you see the punishment. But the thing that I took from Rich, uh, from Masters yesterday was that he, he he's so coy, and there has to be some sort of legal ramification, lawyered up Man City just standing over him because he just he's like, I cannot reveal the date of Man City's charges, mate. There's 115 charges. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. give us something, give us that. You know, this is where it's going to be. But he just could not say a thing. But then, of course, Nottingham Forest and Everton gets brought up, and he said, Yep, they've breached it. They've agreed to it. Blah blah blah. And it was pretty straightforward and that was really it but it, it, there's just some sort of like sheet or, or shade thrown over this Man City stuff that no one can reveal any information and it's frustrating and it must be frustrating for every other Premier League but it is 7.30 in the morning good morning Bri is back hello this is me and your eardrums I hope you're all fantastic I'm better than that warm cup of coffee probably not have a sip of it because we're about to go off to your sports headlines when we come back we're probably going to talk to Ted about some documentary that they're making about his club that's pretty much as boring as I don't know watching Postman Pat on a Saturday afternoon but uh, we'll be back right after this don't you mock Postman Pat (laughs) (laughs) together across the northeast the Timbercat and the Red Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. You are live here with Rye. That's right. I'm coming to you live from my PlayStation microphone in a bucket down in Australia. <laughs> uh, I am back. I haven't found the proper setup yet. I'm pretty sure Ted stole it because he wanted to be the star, uh, but he can't do it because I am back, and it's so good to be back on your airways. I hope you're all fantastic, safe, and well. We haven't spoken enough about Middlesbrough this week, but we will. Don't you worry. The next hour of the show is dedicated just to me. Uh, in more of a, like a, a sit-down with Steve. a cigar and a fine... Yeah. A fine, fine <laughs> find scotch and we'll just sit there and talk about the borough but for now we've got to include these other two i'm joined by steve uh wraith obviously of newcastle the absolute bold hero of newcastle and i've got teddy mackams uh obviously over there on the sunderland side of things and uh unfortunately uh for people that aren't of interest to sunderland Another season of your famous documentary coming out, Teddy Boy, uh, with the back. Yeah, we saw a little wait. clip on social media. Uh, <laughs> it does look like it's coming back onto Netflix very, very soon. As a Sunderland fan, do you do you feel, I guess, do you feel happy that this sort of? Because I, I reckon if I was a Borough no. fan, and this is just me, <laughs> that if if you had cameras around, that some stuff probably is better left unshown to the public eye. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Uh, it, it does, mate. But I mean, fortunately, the two guys who've who've made the documentary are are actually well, they're actually now on the board. Um, but they're massive, massive Sunderland fans. So I think there would be some careful editing of what gets said. Um, I don't think all the uh, all the trade secrets will be kind of spilt out in a documentary. I think you'll see what you need to see from it, just to kind of tie things up from seasons one and two. 
Um, I was talking to Mrs. Ted about it this morning because she hasn't seen it. And she went, oh, uh, did, did you enjoy it? I went, I, I think I got into episode two of season two and I couldn't watch any more. Um, it, it's, it's, it's literally like... Season one was just seeing my club that I've loved since being a little kid being destroyed by idiots in charge, um, and idiots on the on the on in the physio room as well. Jack Rodwell, I'm talking to you. You're an idiot. Um, I, I don't care who, who who knows it. Easy tag. Um, Thanks just, for tuning. Thanks ah, for tuning just an in. Just an absolute Love mercenary, and it just highlighted yeah, yeah. Um, everything that was wrong with the club at that time. Um, yeah, it was it was just it was just a horrible watch. Yeah, all right, you know. Spoiler alert: we get promoted back to the championship. I think we uh, we kind of know that. Uh, we know how it ends. Um, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, oh, you ruined the ending of Titanic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we know how it ends. It, I guess it's just to try and try and tie things up a little bit. Uh, but already it's out of date. I mean, we're, we're two managers down the line since that happened, which is absolutely terrifying to think. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's to tie things up. I'll, I probably won't watch it if I'm honest. I'll, I'll probably have to force myself to because once it does come out, we're probably going to have to talk about it on here. Um, yep. It's actually out the first day that I'm back in the UK for a week, so um, great. I get like? to do it in the studio as well, <laughs> <laughs> so so it. Dave can study the pain on my face, you know, <laughs> uh, as we as we discuss it. But yeah, I'm 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 not excited about it. It's kind of it's happened. It had to happen, and t- kind of like I say, finish the the story arc, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, I can't see it being anything other than a distraction for players. I'm glad it's done. Um, that that whole chapter of our history is over, and hopefully, eventually, we move on to bigger and better things, mate. I mean, Steve, you've had obviously the Newcastle uh, <laughs> documentary last year. Um, the, the the Sunderland one on Netflix, Rye. What, what do you think? Do, do you think we we need a Borough one? Would you like a Borough one? Would no, you like to see what goes no, on behind no, this? No, or, no. I mean, no. I I don't because I I think there's better things that need to be left unsaid and out of the public eye. I would hate to see any sort of dealings or finding out that you know someone that you've loved you know is probably not as you know and it, it can reveal some things that are probably unsavory. I mean, you're catching people you know in their place of work. You're catching people. When they're stressed, we all go to work, we all have bad days, we all have good days. And if the camera picks up on that, then it could change your perception of someone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Imagine Riley McGree goes in and he's just received another message from me and you get caught on camera saying, oh my God, that Rye guy messaged me again and I hate him. I'd be devastated. I'd be crying. <laughs> and he'd never do that because he loves me. But do you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, I just feel like there's some stuff there that is better left unseen to the public at, from your club and the way they you work. find out the that Carrick Speed's a stick that. on. Exactly. Imagine that. You just the, the camera pans past and he's just drawing it on in his boardroom or something. You're like, oh my god, the shocking news. Uh, but it's just the stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think it's obviously like you know they're there to make a TV show that's gonna that's gonna get viewers. So you have to have some sort of drama yeah. uh, that, that that is unfolding. Yeah, and whether it's you know created, whether it's falsified, whether it it's just made up. It just it just it's unnecessary. So. Um, yeah, I'd rather, I'd honestly rather it not be. Stevie boy, I know you've missed me and I love you. Um, it's good to see you again and let's hug it out virtually. Uh, would, I mean, would you want another documentary of Newcastle? Uh, well, it's going to be one, isn't it? Um, I mean, ours was more like an advertising program yeah, than, yeah. than anything else. It was, uh, for me, it was, it was boring. Um, there was no, no, 
no exciting bits in it really I mean there was the odd one where we saw Eddie Howe you know wind the players up before the Man United game um, you know but it, it focused more on what was going on in the boardroom with Amanda and Meadad and co and people waving flags around um, and the organisation of that um, for me there wasn't enough football um, the Sunderland one for me obviously because of the it was uh, you know it, it was it was for a Newcastle fan you know as a rival club it was it was comical it was funny to watch um, you know that was you know and I remember watching the one years ago Premier Passions with Peter Reid which was yes. even better yeah, yeah. Um, oh it's loads was, better it was loads better, yeah. Um, but Newcastle's was was weak. I felt, and I, I you know, I, I wasn't excited about it at all. Um, once I watched the first one, I knew the direction it was going to go in. The, the All or Nothing series on Amazon, <clears throat> you know, there was I, I enjoyed most of them. Um, Arsenal's yeah, was too. too top heavy in football. I thought there was too much football in that. There was there's got to be a fine balance when you're doing these kind of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, some of it was some of it enlightening. Uh, but yeah, we are going to have another Newcastle one, I would imagine, at some point. Mm. But uh, yeah, the only good thing about it is it's you know it helps your commercial revenue, which is important in the Premier League for FFP. But but other than that, you know, if there was never going to be another one, I wouldn't um, you know I, I wouldn't be shedding any tears. No, I completely agree. Well, that's, we've just had some breaking news, which is going to help us go into our next topic, that Jordan Henderson has finally reached an agreement with Al Etifak to leave the Saudi Pro League Club. Uh, the 33-year-old and uh, his current club are in the process of finalising the contract termination, which will then allow him to go and join Ajax, where he has agreed in principle. So that is breaking news, and we will find out more today. But uh, that just leads me into uh, another topic that I wanted to talk to you lads about. And, and Steve, I, I did say I loved you and I missed you and you didn't say it back but I'm never going to forget that uh, I just wanted to quickly uh, the, the Saudi the Saudi league lads for me has been an outrageously uh, flop I mean we've seen all these big stars now leave apart from Ronaldo yeah. who pretty much can't go anywhere else but Henderson now obviously having to deal with uh, the contract termination which is going to cost him an absolute mot so I can't believe it but he's going to now find himself at Ajax which are willing to sort of obviously pace probably near that rages i think we said it's something around 200 was it 200 something uh, uh, 200 200,000 200, a week or something he was on uh in pound it's incredible what jordan henderson is earning a week so he's gonna have to take a take a pay cut otherwise he just blows ajax away uh but to see you know jordan henderson linking up with chubrak from burroughs x striker at ajax um just signifies for me teddy boy that uh, the saudi league has just literally you know, one of those Chinese super leagues. It just, ha it just, it just hasn't worked, and and money doesn't buy everything because the players are unhappy and they're all leaving now. It's exactly, exactly the analogy I made. It's basically, it's the Chinese super league on steroids, isn't it? it, it it's, yep. it's that kind of thing. Um, all that money is, is, yeah, it's going to attract the. Again, I'm going to use the word mercenaries. I guess um, the people who. Look, it's maybe it's a little bit unkind to use that term because if somebody if, if somebody was offering me to double and sometimes even triple wages to go and do the same job somewhere else, of course you're going to take that seriously. You, 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 at the end of the day, you've got a family to provide for and all that kind of thing. But it's it's fallen on its backside, but mostly. Um, I think a lot of... A lot of what we see in the press as well about these, and we covered this a little bit yesterday. A lot of what we see about these, like sort of really poor attendances, I think, I think the English press have done their part in kind of almost um, tarnishing the the name of it before it even got started. 
obviously the English press that they they want their bread and butter to be the Premier League. They still want the Premier yeah, League the, the biggest and best league in the world because it's yeah. easier to cover that <laughs> for one. <laughs> yeah. Flights across to Dubai and places like Saudi, rather, is is that little bit more you know, difficult to kind of keep tabs on. So, yeah, of course, everybody's going to do their part to kind of almost bad mouth that league before it started. But, look, it was it was always just going to be a little bit of a, a, a whim, I guess. It was never going to last. Look, this is, this is a tale as old as time. The, the, these countries will come up with it. They tried to do it in the United States years ago. You know, and I'm talking like New York Cosmos kind of days when you had oh, LA yeah, yeah. playing for them, and it falls flat. All right, the MLS is kind of gathering, but let's be honest, it's League One at best. MLS, that, that, that's it. And they're not offering the massive, massive wages. They're going to offer one player, uh, that Messi, who apparently was the best player in the world last year, which is a joke. Um, but yeah, so they've tried it in different countries. Um, I'm sure somebody else. Uh, whichever superpower next has a, a boatload of money, uh, you know, my money is on, on somewhere like India, maybe. India's, you know, believe it or not, for all the poverty and everything over there, they're a very cash-rich country. They're almost a superpower. They're on the verge of it. Um, so don't be surprised if they try and get something going of, of that ilk, but it'll always fall down because at the end of the day, tradition lasts a long time. Um, and and, and I the likes of ourselves, the likes of the Spanish league, the likes of the Italian leagues, they're always going to be the mainstay. They're always going to be where talent cuts its teeth and it's where the biggest and best players will certainly be discovered and, and go on and, and play their best form of their lives. Stevie boy, uh, Henderson obviously leaving the uh, going Ajax isn't great for the Saudi Pro League, but he's not alone. We've seen Kareem Brenzema, for instance, who scored 12 goals in 20 for Al Ittihad, uh, has drawn the ear of supporters because of his uh, his now deleted Instagram, uh, saying that he was uh, yeah wanting out. So it looks like Kareem Brenzema looking for a move in January. He said he's uh, you know he the, the French media have obviously speculating that he's regrets his decision to move. And then he'll be looking for a return to Europe. We've seen, we've heard Neymar, who's also unhappy, even before he did his uh, cruciate lim- ligament on uh, Wales uh, playing for Brazil. Uh, apparently, it was reported he'd fallen out with his current manager, and was asking for him to be sacked. We saw Jota, who moved from Liverpool at Al Hidi Head. He's been he was being dropped and falling out of his club within the twenty after the twenty five million dollar move. I mean, the list goes on and on. Is it just? A case of money doesn't buy everything, or is that that they've tried and it just they haven't bought the right player? What I mean, what what's gone wrong uh, for the Saudi Pro League? And obviously, your thoughts on Henderson uh, getting a move to Ajax. I mean, first of all, it's, it's an honour to be working with Davros from uh, the Daleks and Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you. You make. Your, mic- your microphone is going it's bad, uh, isn't it? It's, it's, it's getting worse, man. It's getting worse. It's getting worse? Yeah, yeah Roger. I, I just, yeah, it, no, sounds like, so. it sounds like you just need to go... Like <laughs> 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 the microphone! The PlayStation microphone's dying. Not now! I'm back, baby! It's not a good time to have a cavity uh, searched when uh, you're using the mic. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're... Um, <laughs> your 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 question, I believe, was about the Saudi league, sir. Yes, it, it is, is an absolute yes. disaster. It is a disaster. Um, and 
one which you know we spoke about Rai um, in those old days when you and I were we on did. Radio Dad and uh, just you and me we talked we talked about it we dis- we, we discussed it and, and we said how long do we think it'll last um, I do believe that Mystic Roberts was the man who said it probably would flop <laughs> Um you know, I was prepared to give it a chance uh, with, with you know, the fact that Saudi were aiming towards the, you know, their, their big 2030 celebrations. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's an absolute, it's an absolute disaster, really. Um, it, it's it's like the, the China League. Even the MLS is more successful than this. Um, yes, there are certain games which are attracting big crowds. You know, we talked about it yesterday, 25,000, 26,000 crowds at some of the games. But there are some games where there's literally, um, you know, a man and his dog watching, and it's you know it's not what it said on the tin. And a lot of those players who've gone out there, who are on extremely high wages, uh, you know, eye-watering wages, are now living to regret the decision because clearly they are motivated by a lot more than money. They want to at least be in a competitive league where they're playing in in front of a crowd, getting the adoration that they used to, and they're not getting it in Saudi, and that's a problem. I also think they're struggling with the the day-to-day existence out there you know we all know that footballers do like you know uh, well say most footballers do like a social Uh, they do like to let themselves out I'm sure there's been many times where Henderson's like to have a night out in uh, you know in in Liverpool uh, after after winning a game Um, you know the rules in in Saudi are slightly different Um, it's not it's not the same in in Saudi you know you have strict rules and regs around alcohol for starters um, and, and it's not really a place where you can go and do as you please. Um, you know, it, it is it is still very much learning and it is it's not westernized, it's very strict in, in, in what you can do. So I can imagine that the the social the social side of things could you know, once you've had a look around and you've been to wherever you want to go and looked at a few points of interest, you know, <laughs> you're probably stuck in a compound. Um, you know, because yeah. that's that's basically what it's like. I mean, you know, my two pals, Mitch and uh, Stu, who live in Dubai and Bari, and respectfully, he'll tell you exactly what it's all about. Plus, the heat is is when it when it's hot out there is is unbearable. Um, so, you know, all in all, um, you know, it's proved not to be the move for Henderson and Benzema is another one who you know is is clearly not enjoying it out there. Um, there's place for the, there is a place on the uh, on the bench for Benzema at St James's Park though if he fancies a move. Uh, Henderson. <laughs> Henderson, no thanks. But Benzema, you're more than welcome, mate. Get yourself over to town, uh, to, to the tune. It'll be, uh, you know, we've got Phoenix, we've got the Quayside Market, uh, we've got a bridge that rotates every now and then. We've got a, we've got a cultural point of interest or two, um, and we've also got some wonderful vinyl shops, and uh, we've got McDonald's and we've got <laughs> Starbucks, mate. So if you want to come over, Benzema, get yourself over. The only way Benzema is coming back to Newcastle is if Alan Pardew is the manager and he's got that French revolution going again. I think that's the only way we're going to see Karim back at Newcastle because uh, it's just not going to happen otherwise, I don't reckon. Uh, I do apologise for the microphone. I am working from my uh, my basement and my PlayStation uh, headset. I was just playing Call of Duty with Ted just before, uh, but we will try and push on. Uh, and I apologise for cutting in and out. I will try and work on it as we work on, but I will have the proper setup tomorrow. I do promise that. Uh, 
lads, obviously Saudi Pro League hasn't worked. We've seen Henderson now just being, yeah, confirmed that he has agreed a deal with his current club to be able to move and move over to Ajax, which will be interesting for Jordan to see how that all goes. He's obviously going to have to take a pay cut. Lads, you probably spoke about it yesterday because it was breaking news while the show was live, but let's just go over it because I'm back and I, um, I you know, you guys miss me so much. Uh, Mourinho. Jose Mourinho has been sacked uh, by Roma. He hasn't been able to, to uh, yeah, he might. He hasn't been able to continue. Uh, start with you, Teddy Boy. Jose, uh, I guess just give us your thoughts on, on, on him as a manager and where you think he might be able to end up next. I, th- I think Mourinho is one of these who, who gets found out eventually. Um, by that, I mean, you know, when he, when he walked into Chelsea... He was, you know, all right, yeah, he had this special one kind of uh, moniker placed on him and all that kind of thing, but he, he went out and kind of proved it. However, I think, for me, he won the Premier League with Ranieri's team, with Ranieri's squad. And eventually, eventually, things start to come off, the wheels start to come off, and he loses the dressing room seemingly quite quickly. So the likes of John Terry and them, they'll all, they'll all love him at first because you know he'll cajole them. But remember that Mourinho spent a long time with Bobby Robson, who for me, even as a Sunderland fan, I can see that Bobby Robson was one of the best man managers that the, that the game has ever seen. Um, I, I think Bobby Robson could get people running through brick walls that were set on fire for him if, if he wanted to. So I, th- I think with that, Mourinho eventually lost it. I think he he buys success. He tends to go somewhere where he's got a lot of money to spend. Um, so in terms of Chelsea, then yes, they, they had you know a seemingly unlimited budget at one time, um, and basically they would just they would buy even more successful replacements for whoever was retiring or whoever fell out of favour. Um, you know the likes of Oscar. All right, they moved on to the Chinese Super League, but they went out and, and spent vast amounts of money to replace those players. And that's continued. He, he he didn't have the best of times at Tottenham. Um, all right, he was sacked the day before a cup final. That could have been Tottenham's first trophy for God knows how many years. Um, but decided to get rid of him. I don't think he's easy to work with. Um, I think there's a bit of a a bit of a prima donna. Yes, he has won a lot of trophies. Um, and whether you're a fan of Jose or not. Yeah, you could argue that maybe they have been bought as well because of the, the, the vast budgets they've had to back them up. But ultimately, in his last few years, the Spurs move was a bad one. Even before that, the Manchester United one. Um, if Jose has or was any any good at all, he should have been at Manchester United when, when Ferguson retired. Uh, and I know that's well documented that Jose Mourinho was very upset that he didn't get the shout for that one. Instead, they went with David Moyes and the rest is history. But the time at Manchester United he would alienate players um, and it, it often alienate fans as well we saw this kind of withdrawn and, and huffy version of Jose he wasn't as cocky with the press and sort of you know as confident and that Jose that that was gold to watch as you know as, a, as an outsider looking at some of these press conferences he was always great for a quote but you just saw this sort of despondent withdrawn version of this guy and then obviously he's gone over to Italy, um, mixed fortunes with Roma, and you know they, they were there or thereabouts. But in that league, I mean that that league has been there for the taking for a number of years now. There's nobody really kind of dominating Syria, um, and there was an opportunity there. Um, he's worked with a few English players over there. 
he hasn't really, for me, got the best out of them. Um, spent big money on Dybala. Again, you could argue, has that been a success? There's probably a big lack of trophies that, that would suggest not. So, right now, um, if he does come back to the Premier League, then, then of course, you know, the, the press will love it um, because they get plenty of quotes out of it. There's plenty of mileage in what Josie has to say. But we're not getting the same Josie as, as the beginning, if he was ever any good at all, is, is my honest opinion on that. Steve, I don't know about what you think, mate. Mm, yeah, I would agree with you, mate. I would, I would, I would agree with you. It's, um, you know, it's, it's such a strange affair. Just breaking news, sorry, you, you, you caught us unawares there. I didn't think you were going to come back to me. But Sergio Regulian is, um, he's agreed to join Brentford on loan from Tottenham. But again, this, this shows the, this shows where we're at with the Premier League at the moment, lads. Um, you know, people aren't making permanent signings. They aren't making, you know, they aren't making big money moves, and it's. You know, another loan move. Um, I think that's all we're going to see. You know, that's what we we're talking about before, and I think it's that that's a situation we're going to find ourselves in. Yeah, fair play. Is Rice still is Rye back or is he? <laughs> Oh, oh, you, back? you oh. are quiet, right? Oh, but you are back. It's quiet, but you're back. Um, we like it. Don't change it. <laughs> oh my oh, God! Gone again. I've just had the biggest, biggest clap of thunder <laughs> over here. <laughs> I think Rice fell down the tunnel, 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 <laughs> tunnel. Oh, he's, he's there. Oh, that's better. That's better. That's better. Now, that's now nice. there's an echo, okay. echo, echo. Is there an echo now? I can't, I can't win, can I? My goodness. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's all right. No, that's, that is better than what it was, Davros. Okay, yes. well that's good. That's that's a positive start because as I said, there's not you know until Ted returns my proper microphone that he's stolen from me, there's not much I can do. Well, uh, actually, and, you know, Ted, I will be holding you accountable for today. That is proper. better from your point of view, but all I'm getting now is a, 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 an echo of myself. <laughs> yeah, well, what I, I might do that. I might have to jump off and try and work on getting this proper microphone set up uh, because all I've got is my phone or that dodgy little headset. But if I can work on it uh, and give myself some more time to set this up, we might be ready for more the more time tomorrow. off. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's like, is this just like a part-time hobby for you now? Is that what it is? <laughs> I I know he hates that. Yeah. <laughs> He's laughing. He's oh, laughing, but I'm going to get a tea. really nasty WhatsApp. Yeah. I am I'm already drafting that message right now. But Daz, please fill in for the last hour for me. Hold it. Hold the borough line down. I of will course. go and try and get my proper setup sorted out, mate. Uh, I do apologise, listeners. I am back. I am in the midst of moving. My stuff is everywhere. Uh, mate, as we take it to the news, uh, the, the breaking news is that Ted is being sued for stealing my microphone. Raithi has missed me and he's going to be devastated the next hour that I'm not here. And uh, Daz is going to take over as the legendary borough commentator. I will be back uh, tomorrow with the proper microphone, I do promise. Uh, and I love each and every one of you. So you're now taking uh, an hour off. You're actually taking an hour off. You're taking an hour off, you're kidding me. Yeah, I can't. I I can't even hear you. The what? Well, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, you'd you'd go and try and get your your technical sorted, Ryan, and uh, maybe we can get you back on before we finish. Any legend would get us through to the news, reboot their system and come back on. That's what we would do. We've got a song Switch it off and switch it back on again. I'm sure all the listeners would agree. There's no microphone here. I'm trying to find it. Where's the cord, man? Why? Why is this box that's marked "Rise Microphone" empty? 
Okay, Bless so we've got two minutes. We've got two minutes. We're going to go into the sport headlines. Rai is going to get his microphone sorted and stop us repeating on each other because all I can hear in my ear is me talking. Uh, but there is still plenty to talk about on the Northeast Footy Brekkie Show. Um, let's look a little bit into Borough uh, whilst Rai is sorting his technical side of things. Out. <laughs> let's talk about Borough while he's not here. That's absolute genius. And there's nothing. <laughs> There is absolutely nothing to talk about Middlesbrough. They, they've won no. a game of the weekend, and that's it, really. Newcastle didn't, Sunderland didn't. They've won a game, and they think it's it. But, Daz, joking aside, yeah. the, the Middlesbrough are doing well, mate. And you've got a big carrier bag cup game coming up as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's been interesting this week is, and uh, Ray talked about it in his news, and, and I think Dave talked about it earlier in the week as well, is that we're getting... We're getting a lot of attention, aren't we? Um, you know, from the from the big pundits uh, about the game next week, um, and Michael Carrick is it, uh, getting a lot of um, attention from it. I, I, I read last uh, last night that there was links uh, to Crystal Palace uh, for Carrick. Uh, is a bigger club than Palace, mate. He, he mm, won't go there. Yeah, now I'd be very surprised uh, if he uh, if he left us for for Palace. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's great. We're in a, a great position. I think you know, uh, really excited about next Tuesday. Um, you know, it, it's just that worry, isn't it? Is that, that you know, are Chelsea going to come back and uh, get it on all cylinders? Um, but I think it's it's just an exciting time. We've got these players coming back from injury. Um, which is, is is brilliant, you know. We, we've I think two really good signings um, that we've made so far. So yeah, I think things are looking a little bit more positive for the borough uh, at the moment. Uh, and we'll chat more about the borough and Sunderland and Newcastle uh, after the eight o'clock news this morning. Uh, the on the northeast footy breakfast. This is on the cat, the tune, and the red. Thanks for being here with us this morning, and we'll be back after some news. Good morning, it is the Northeast Footy Breakfast, 8 or 6 this morning. How are you doing? Right across the Northeast on the cap, the tune and the red. We've got Steve, we've got Ted. Good morning. We've got Rye. No. You! And a good morning to everybody out there. Thank you for getting in touch. You can get in touch with the show via our WhatsApp on 033 or 043 2002. Norm's been in back in touch. He's saying he's loving the show, guys. It's the best thing since the three legends. Yes. Good on you. Thank you, Norm. Well, I appreciate that. So, are you are you all right now, Ray? You were sounding uh, a little know. bit better. I don't know. I've got. I've restarted all the software. I've uh, I've plugged the microphone back in. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, for you me, fi- finished your uh, game of in, FIFA. <laughs> in my head, I sound good. Do you know what I mean? But I always do. Do you know what I mean? That's so. Uh, it, it, it's hard. Do you know what it mean? sounds it's, decidedly it's better, mate. It's decidedly okay, well, better good. at this Thank end. Thank you. Well, yes. keep keep me because uh, it did fade off in the end. But uh, keep me up to date with it because I do apologise. But I promise you, I will have the proper oh, setup back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Let's go on with it. We got another hour of football breakfast to talk about. Good morning to the listeners. I hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. It is me, right? I am back. Uh, I hope. 
that's uh, yeah, that, that the microphone isn't too bad. We'll keep you up to date on uh, MicaGate2024 uh, <laughs> hashtag it if you need to. Uh, lads, I want to talk to you about obviously the January transfer window. We heard a bit from Stevie Boy earlier just about Newcastle and the issues they're having in the transfer window because of the financial fair play. But down in the championship. The Borough have made moves. We've signed two. Uh, Sunderland getting linked left, right and centre as well. Uh, we've got some club headlines to get through. But then when we come back, we're going to talk to Teddy Boy about Sunderland and some of those links. Are they true or not? But I also want to hear if there's anyone thinking that they might leave. I reckon we've got a certain someone at Borough that's going to probably see the exit door by the end of this month. We're also going to talk more about Richard Masters uh, and his decision not to reveal the date for the Man City court case. Uh, we're also going to talk about what makes a football song so famous. I know, right? Uh, I, I just want to know. I just want to know. Uh, we're also going to talk about those uh, those charges laid to Everton and Nottingham Forest. All to come on your Northeast East Breakage Show. But let's start off with some club headlines. Bit of warning would have been nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good morning, Borough fans. Hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. Uh, as a bit of warning, letting you know that Middlesbrough will not be signing Ahmad Diallo this month. Uh, it'll make the Mackhams Ahmad uh, as Manchester United look to set, uh, set hold to Diallo this month, not letting him go as he's been impressive in trade. It's a good authority. Ahmad is been coming, doing very well since returning from training and that Man United are keen to retain his services in case of an injury. Middlesbrough had, had made an inquiry from the impressive winger uh, and were offering significant percentages towards his wages, but will now turn their attention to a striker replacement. However, the options are not fruitful in that department. Middlesbrough's game against Tony Melbray's Birmingham has been postponed. Borough were due to face Mogus men on the 27th of January. However, Birmingham's win last night in the FA Cup means that game will now be rescheduled for a later date. And just finally, Makai Richards loves what Michael Carrick is doing at the Borough. Don't we all, Micah? Uh, the former defender told the Rest is Football podcast that we've talked a lot about Gerard, Lampard and Rooney, but no no one is mentioning how well Michael is doing down at Middlesbrough. There's something special about him. What's best about Carrick is that he's working with players who are not at the top of their game and really improving them individually but also as a team. Yes, we saw them against Chelsea and Chelsea definitely missed some massive chances but they still got the job done. I'm very, very impressed with his man management, especially what I saw against coming against Aston Villa. Well done, Micah. You can come on down to Borough any stage. That's your Borough headlines. Good morning. Magpies and Proud, Mags News. Newcastle United hope that there is finally light at the end of the tunnel for Harvey Barnes. The £38 million man has not rejoined the main group of training, but is finally back up and running after suffering a setback on a toe injury sustained back in September. The sight of Barnes being back on the grass is huge positive for Eddie Howe on a day that he announced that Joe Linton could be missing until March. Richard Masters has confirmed that the Premier League are contemplating making changes to the top flight's profit and sustainability regulations. Top flight clubs can currently make losses of up to 105 million over a three-year period, but these rules are different to UEFA's, which will ultimately limit spending on wages, transfers and agent fees to 70% of their revenue in 25-26. Newcastle United have been working on both sets of rules, but senior figures behind the scenes believe it would make sense for the Premier League to match up. The Premier League Chief Executive said we are considering moving to the squad cost ratio model that UEFA has adopted and this will be discussed at a two-day meeting next month. And if you're in need of a live football fix, Newcastle United under-18s face Bournemouth in the FA Youth Cup fourth round at St James's Park tonight. Kick-off at 7 o'clock 
and if no outcome is reached after 90 minutes, there'll be 30 minutes of additional time before a penalty shootout if required. The winners will face an away tie against Spurs in round five after they defeated Burton Albion last night in the fourth round meeting. This is an all-pay game with season tickets and memberships not valid for entry. East Stand cash turnstiles are open, £3 adults and a pound concessions. Digital tickets are also available online now to members with an additional £1 charge. That's in your castle headlines on Wednesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. There's a growing number of reports linking players with a potential move to the stadium alike this month, including strikers Kiefer Moore and Sam Gallagher. Now, a new name has been linked with the Black Cats, Leicester City left-back Luke Thomas, who both local and national press say is a lone target for Beelan Code this month. Sunderland have just had Gialicia as a recognised option at left-back right now, following injuries to both Dennis Serkin and Niall Huggins. Michael Beale has admitted that Sunderland's clash with Hull City is a very big game. The Black Cats are on the hunt for their third win in seven games under the new head coach, while they will be eager to do the double over the Tigers. Sunderland only faced Hull on Boxing Day and claimed a narrow win thanks to a late goal from Jack Clark. Three points for the host could see us move back into the Championship playoff positions, but defeat could potentially leave us in mid-table once the weekend's fixture list is completed. And finally, Season 3 of the Netflix docuseries Sunderland Till I Die is set to hit screens next month. The Fly on the Wall documentary charted the Black Cats' relegation from the Championship and first campaign back in League One back in Seasons 1 and 2. The final season will consist of just three episodes and chronicles Sunderland's journey back to the Championship through their League One playoff final win against Wickham Wanderers under former head coach Alex Neal. The date for the third and final series of Sunderland Till I Die can be found on the Netflix app, which is February the 13th, 2024. There are your Sunderland headlines for today. And you can get in touch with the show uh, on our WhatsApp, all double three or all four three two thousand and two. That's uh, that's the number. And we have had a few uh, messages uh, that have come in this morning. Uh, our friend Jack is saying, "Good morning, lads. Hope you're all good. Uh, happy ride day." <laughs> yes, Jackie boy. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Uh, it is emotional. Yeah. It, it is. It is absolutely. Uh, and we've also had uh, a message from a uh, first-time listener, long-time messenger. Uh, just so happy that Rye is back, even if his microphone oh. is horrid. Ted and Steve are just not the same without him. Steve, oh, you can tell, is so much happier when he's there, and Ted oh. just clearly couldn't cope. Anyway, oh. uh, definitely not Rye. Just a listener. Uh, love him. This is not Rye. Um, get, yourself some, uh, get, yourself some, get yourself some cotton buds and clean the wax out of your ears, because there's clearly no happiness in my voice. <laughs> Oh, what a message that is! Yeah, what a well, message! Well drafted that. Uh, yeah, very well definitely. That, well written. Yeah, very. Uh, it's eight fifteen on the cat, the tune, and the red. This is the northeast footy breakfast right across the northeast. Oh, it's great to hear messages like that from the fans. I appreciate you, even if you are uh, definitely not right listening in. Uh, I, I want to talk to you, Teddy Boy, about Sunday. Not ending regards, Mick. <laughs> 
<laughs> it ended in regards, Rick. Uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Ahmad Diallo. Obviously, we've seen some rumors between our two clubs, a bit of a battle, if you will, on social media now. Uh, yesterday, it was reported by Reluctant Nico or Alan Nixon, as we formerly know him, uh, on Twitter, who does do a lot of the reveals for English uh, football transfers, saying that yeah. Middlesbrough have made the but biggest But to be honest, he works sum. for the Sun, and I wouldn't even believe the date on the Sun newspaper. <laughs> 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 oh, Me neither. I was on page... I was on page three once. Uh, the I, I believe he was saying that Middlesbrough have made the largest sum towards his loan efforts, but obviously I've had it on good authority now that Middlesbrough did make an inquiry, but it won't be progressing any further. And then we did see uh, Ahmad on his own Instagram posting a photo of him in a Sunderland shirt with a big love heart. Oh, good on you, your little Mackham inside you. Uh, but I believe Ahmad's going to be staying at Man United, but you obviously still have hope that he might be coming. Uh, thoughts on obviously where you think he could end up uh, and and obviously the belief that he might stay at Man United do you think he's got a chance to break into that squad I think he has got a chance obviously with Jaden Sancho going back to Dortmund on loan um, you know that does open a wing position up slightly um, but obviously he's on his way back from quite a quite a lengthy injury layoff that he sustained at the beginning of the season it was a knee injury bit of a nasty one so he's on the road to recovery now with that and I just think that it would probably suit Man United a little bit more to send him out. Now, I was utterly convinced that would be to a Premier League team, um, you know, a, a Palace or a Fulham or somebody of, of that kind of ilk, a little bit lower down, uh, who, who needed that little bit of a, a boost, I guess, in the ranks. Now, funnily enough, obviously, there was a lot of rumour about Middlesbrough yesterday, which, to be honest, it, it would have made sense, the Michael Carrick link and all that kind of thing. It, it's, it's somebody yep. who... Carrick would obviously want to have around the squad. There's, there's no doubt in Ahmad's talent. He's a £35 million player. You know, and it, it, he showed last season with 14 goals in the championships and a few assists as well that the kid can certainly hack it in the championship life. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, what was interesting last night was, um, was I mean, I've, I've seen a, a screenshot, first of all, of a, a message from Ahmad um, saying that it's, it's absolutely not going to be Middlesbrough. Um, and you know, if he does go back to the championship, then Sunderland is his preferred yeah, destination. That. We knew that anyway. He said that already. Yeah. Um, yep. But then, obviously, the, the the biggest interesting thing last night, nine hours ago, whole nine hours ago of it, is is that picture on Instagram on on Ahmad's yeah. story of him in the Sunderland shirt last season, uh, the big the big kiss emoji and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Which has now got us thinking as Sunderland fans. Oh well. I mean, the excitement levels when you get linked with, with getting him back on loan is just incredible. I mean, that would be massive for the team. It'd be massive for the supporters because we've had such a negative few weeks. Um, mm. it, it really has been a crappy time for us, I guess. Um, and we need, we need a boost. My worry is that if we do bring him in, is that at the expense of selling Jack Clark? Um, because obviously a winger for a winger. I know they play on opposite sides, but obviously, you know, we could see uh, Paddy Roberts back in the next week or so and actually play yep. on his natural left side uh, with Ahmad on the right. Um, yep. th- that would make a lot of sense. I just wonder whether there's room to play Roberts, um, Clark and Ahmad in the same side again. Um, we did under Mowbray, but I think Beal is a little bit more cautious and a little bit more sort of defensive-minded than that. Um so we'll we'll see, but it was certainly very interesting to see Ahmad post that. Um, the timing of it was was much needed for Sunderland fans. Mm. Obviously, 
even if he doesn't come, the fact that you know you've got a big talent like that who who is so fond about the club and and so grateful for the opportunities he got here, and it, it was great for him. Um, he, he didn't have the best of times when he went on loan to Rangers. Um, funnily enough, uh, he did play under Michael Beale as a coach um, at Rangers, so there may be even a link there. Mm. Beale, for all what we whatever we think of him as a first team coach, is whatever we think of him, but. He has got a very, very good reputation as, as a coach of young players. Um, he did it with Chelsea, did it with Liverpool, um, and obviously, you know, maybe specialising and maybe helping Ahmad during his time at Rangers. There's a little link there, I guess. Um, and obviously, he's, he's happy times with Sunderland as well. So, watch this space. Um, I, at this stage, I'm, I'm not ruling it out. Um, I think it looks very, very positive. He's, he's been, he's saying all the right things and making all the right noises to suggest we uh, we might see our boy back. Well, I reckon it's all is, is it the link? Is it the link? You know, a Carrick's link to Manchester United. Do you think that's why Jimmy Coppers is going with a line in the echo that Middlesbrough are leading the way, right? I think it's we have seen uh, a fair few presses, but obviously Alan Nixon as well reporting that Middlesbrough made the the highest offer and one of the 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 the, the offer that was going to pay the most of his loan wages to come. Now Middlesbrough uh, obviously have got that link with Michael Carrick, so yeah, I think it ticks all the boxes. If you're a journalist trying to look for a good story, is that you know that, that there is that link there. It, it's a strange one for me. I mean, we've got Izzy Jones on the right. I know he's a right winger. Of course, you wouldn't say no, but for me, a striker. Is our more if we're only going to make one more signing uh, due to the wage budget or whatever it is, you would want a striker to be in with with Coburn and Emmanuel Latte Lath both being injured. So having another winger for me was a bit of a strange one. Now I'm not going to say no or cry if an Mad Diallo comes to us, but uh, it, with his links to Sunderland, the way he was loved there, you know, I'm pretty sure his pinned messages on all of his social accounts is still him sliding in front of the corner flag at Sunderland Stadium of Light, you know, with all the Sunderland fans saying how much he's going to miss him. So for him to then turn around and then come to Middlesbrough was a bit of a weird one for me from Ahmed. So yeah. I think the link there would have to be quite strong with Michael. It's uh, some sort of bond there if he was to turn, you know, he's back on Sunderland and come to us. But again, I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be upset. But I just, I just don't think, think it's going to happen. Uh, but you know, it, it, I do, I am led to believe that Middlesbrough have made an offer, and it was a strong offer. But that's where it stopped, and that Man United are keen to keep him and retain his services for the season. Club, yeah. Uh, 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 did you win on the weekend? Oh, that's right. That's right. Anyone, <laughs> did, did anyone win on the weekend? Oh, that's right. Barry did. <laughs> uh, in terms of transfers, so. on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. How good are we? Well. Uh, Hayden Hackney played well. Yeah, he did. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about. Obviously, we're talking a lot about who we want to sign. Let's talk about some outgoings because I reckon there's one or two maybe at Middlesbrough that we could see leave. Now the budget's probably. Getting a little bit thick at Borough. I'm not too sure, though. I mean, we've got some space there since losing Tuba, Giles, Archer, Ramsey, all those guys were on loan. We had a big sale in Tuba as well. We've signed a lot of youngsters in the summer for for long-term deals, but not bigger wages. So there there might be some wiggle room, but I think there's one player that could be leaving. Daz, and I'll start with you because it's a Borough player. I think Paddy McNair might be out the door. He's got six months to run on his contract. He's he's now behind Matt Clark. Uh, He's now behind Ailing in that right back role. I mean, Lucas Angel's been great. You've got Lenahan who will come back from injury. Dale Fry. Vandenberg's been an absolute star. So you would think Paddy McNair's fallen right to the back of this centre-back pairing. And with six months left on his contract, you would think maybe now's the time 
time to strike if you're a borough contract man to uh, get some money for him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. When you when you were starting to mention that, he was the first name that came to my mind. Mm. Um, I mean, there was talk in the summer about him going, and I think at the time we we talked about it and said, look, no, you know, he's he's a utility man. He, he can he can play in so many different places. He's reliable. You know, he, he's he's borough. Um, and you know, as we've seen with the signings that have brought in and his injury, uh, which I think was probably unfortunate uh, timing for him, I think it, it has taken him down the pecking order a little bit. Um, and I think it's the, the the big thing there is that six months left on the contract. Uh, he won't get a renewal, I don't think. Um, you know, he's been a brilliant servant. I'm, I'm a massive Paddy McNair fan. Um, you know, he's been a great servant to the club. Uh, but maybe it is time for him to move on and and free up that wage bill because I, I would imagine he'll be on a, a decent whack. Yeah, I dare say he would be. He's been at the borough through for a long time. Yeah. I think he'd still probably be on an old deal, but maybe Bought one time from a to strike before. club as well. <laughs> um, I haven't heard of that club before. Uh, the, the Teddy boy, over to a certain club uh, over there that we don't want to talk about. No, we obviously talking a lot about uh, Jack Clark. He seems to be the rumoured one that mainly seems to be striking a lot of interest. Do you think there's any chance that one Jack Clark could leave? But is there any names that you're thinking that you would be one willing to let go or could surprise the Sunderland fans in leaving in the January transfer window? Um, the Jack Clark one is is just going to roll on and roll on all the way through to deadline day, um, and it's fifty fifty for me whether whether he goes. It, it would have to be a substantial fee um, because right now we are reliant on him and on only a, an eye-watering fee I think is going to prize him out of us uh, out of our possession at this moment in time largely because you know, he's, he's 13 goals um, or is it two or three assists as well he's our main attacking threat and alright you could talk about you know, bringing Ahmad back in but Ahmad's had a serious knee injury is it going to take him time to get up to speed you just don't know Jack Clark right now is in form um, and he's fit and we know it so yeah it's it's a tough one to call mate I I, I think it's going to be a 20 million pound uh, 20 million pound or above offer that's going to have to be made to even contemplate it um, that, that's the kind of money obviously he's a homegrown talent he's an English player um, if he is going to move to the Premier League then we are in a position to kind of ask for that kind of money the thing is we probably get offered more money for him in this window than what we would in the summer because people panic Agreed. by in January um, whether that affect, that whether that's affected by FFP then <laughs> that remains to be seen the <laughs> others though uh, obviously the Jack Clark thing like I said it'll rumble on and rumble on if he's still there by the end of January I think we've had a good transfer window that's that's what I'll say from a Sunderland perspective um, the other ones that, that I've already kind of uh, mentioned in, in headlines over the previous week or so uh, I know you were busy like kicking boxes around and stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> finding my microphone. Anthony Patterson was an interesting one, um, but we don't yeah. have any kind of replacement for him. Uh, we have young Bishop who we got in from Man United at the beginning of the season, but I wouldn't say he's like a, I wouldn't say he's ready for the first team. Uh, yep. th there is an argument, and I've always made this argument. I think we should have somebody who's a bit more senior as a backup. Um, I think you need a you know a thirty year old or plus. As a, as a backup keeper because of that maturity because of that steady and calm and influence that you need to have yep. as a goalkeeper Ready Anthony go. Patterson yep. is a very calm young man and I, and I do like him um, he's not a flapper he's not a shouter 
Um, but he, he needs to develop. If he does move to one of the big three, which is Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, apparently all done their homework on him. Um, I think that'll be in the summer. And I, and I I genuinely think an offer will come in for him and I think we will have to replace him at some point. What we get in to replace him with is, is anyone's idea. But Anthony Patterson is going to the very, very top, lads. I, I can tell you that now. He needs to work on his kicking, but this kid's got ability and he's, he's going to go far. The other one, um, Dan Neal. I think um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Dan Neal move in this window. Um, I, I, mm. There is interest there again. He's uh, had interest in the past. Sean Dyche is a big, big fan of him. Uh, although I don't think he'd be going to Everton. Uh, this is when he was at Burnley as a young lad uh, when he was in League One. Funnily enough, um, so he's he's got his admirers. He's one of these technical midfielders. He's he's got good ability. He gets box to box. I think in the derby, I was maybe a little bit harsh on him in in the the cold light of day straight after the derby when I've looked at his performance back. He was actually one of our better players and one of the ones that didn't look out of place playing against Premier League quality. I think you get him around Premier League players full-time and, and I think you'll get the best out of Dan Neal. Um, so that's my tip. I think that's my dark horse that could leave the club. What kind of money he goes for, I don't know. Um, he's an academy uh, product anyway, so whatever we make on him would be actual profit. We wouldn't have to pay anybody else any sort of uh, sell-on fees like what we would have to do with Jack Clark, um, which is rumoured to be anywhere between 25 and 50% um, because we paid so little for him from Spurs. So, yeah, that's my dark horse. I think uh, it would be very sad because you want to see your homegrown talent stay, but my dark horse to leave the club. Uh, dark horse, not dark horse. I'm, I'm just being very posh. <laughs> Uh, my my, my yeah, estimation I... for the dark half to be, uh, to be leaving would be Dan, Daniel Neal. <laughs> Daniel Daniel Neal of Sunderland to the highest bidder, yes, please. Well done. Thank you very poshly put there by Ted the Mackham. It will be interesting. So we'll come back after the sports headlines. Obviously, we'll talk to Steve about what's happening at Newcastle with transfers. We heard about Joe That'll Linton. That'll be a short segment. It will be. We've already heard a little bit, a lot about you guys and obviously the financial fair play. We might see if there's anyone that he's expecting to leave. Uh, but then we've got to talk about this uh, Premier League CEO, Richard Masters, confirming the date has been set for Man City, uh, but not. <laughs> it's not something he can tell the world about yet. So it just this this haze and weird sort of secrecy around the Man City thing when we're seeing Everton and Nottingham Forest obviously getting thrown to the rickets as well. And we're also going to talk about and get the lads' thoughts on what makes a song so famous with a football club. What connection do they have and how does it start? That and all that more coming up after these sports headlines. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red I'm just quickly realising, lads, how I wouldn't make it as a tennis commentator with some of those names. My goodness me, I struggle you know, you with have to Oshish. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that too, as well. Being staying, yeah. staying quiet. Do you guys like tennis? <laughs> Got the Australian Open on here at the moment. It's sweeping the nation by storm. It's on everywhere we we look. But uh, to Steve, you strike me as a tennis fan. You'd love a bit of quiet sports every now and then. I like Wimbledon. Um, I do. I yeah. do. You know, it's it is interesting when it comes to you know the old, well, what have been called in the past, Henman Hill, and uh, Murray yeah. Hill, and you know all of that. I, I do buy into all of that. I mean, gradually you see anyone from England getting knocked out in the first week, but you know we have had a few. <laughs> we have we have had a few glory uh, days in in recent years. But yeah, yeah, Wimbledon. It does. It does. Get, yeah, it, it's the same as watching the Ashes in the cricket. I'm not a big cricket fan, but I'll watch the Ashes even. even even the, about the, the boat race, Steve. 
Yeah, I'll watch that. Um, I will. I will. You it's know, kind it, of tradition, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah, I think that's that's the way we've been brought up. It was the, because there was so little TV channels available when we were kids then things like that were big events so you know you would sit in front of the telly and watch the FA Cup final all day you would sit and watch the boat race you'd sit and watch wrestling you'd sit and watch the wrestling you'd sit and watch the snooker you'd sit and watch the darts I could go on but it's like that was our upbringing and now there's just a multitude of TV and of course you know devices which kids sit and watch. I mean, it, you know, we've lost so much that that magical box that was yeah. placed in front of people's living rooms many many years ago, which was a focal point for everyone to sit round, like the radio and the gramophone had been, has now been replaced by you know uh, devices in your hands which alienate families from spending time together, and that's where we're at, unfortunately. And um, we've gone very deep yeah, there 100%. from a question about tennis, by yeah, no, 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 uh, yeah. but, no, but, no, but yeah. I'm, I'm with good. you on that. I'm with you on that. It was family time, wasn't it? It all cost a subscription as well. Yeah, well, I mean, bear in mind, uh, uh, Ryan, I mean, I'll probably have to explain this one to you. We used to have this TV programme called Grandstand on a Saturday. Um, that was, I mean, before there was satellite or, TV or, or World like of that. Sport, if you were an ITV World of Sport as well, Dickie Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a beautiful haircut that man had. Beautifully quaffed. Um, but yeah, I wonder it was, if, it was a, if he's it was ever finished painting his ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a beautiful streak through that, didn't he? <laughs> but right, it was it was family tradition. You you sat down, you you watched Grandstand. Grandstand was on from like sort of what midday all the way through to five pm or six pm actually because oh, wow. it, it included all the football results as well. And there was there was carpet balls, there was curling. It, it had bits from the Winter Olympics. This is back in the days where we had four TV channels in the UK. And it was just, you just sat down as a family and watched stuff. And it was brilliant. It was absolutely class. I still remember, like, it was a tradition in our house. It was pie and pea for, for pie and peas for lunch with Oxo gravy. And you'd yeah, sit and watch, good. like, you know, the, the wrestling with giant haystacks and Big Daddy. You'd watch a bit of Grandstand as well. You'd be waiting for the A-team coming on at 6pm on ITV. <laughs> and life was brilliant. Life was absolutely class. And it was. It was very family-centric. Everybody gathered around the box to watch it. And it was like, you know, it was the thing that brought you together. Now it's kind of, like Steve says, you, you're looking at the six-inch screen and everybody's going off in separate directions. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I bet you really regret regret asking that question now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he doesn't. It took him six minutes. I, I took a question. I asked about tennis, for goodness sake, and then we've just got on to how, how old Steve and uh, Ted are and how they don't like uh, devices in our young hands. So everyone put your iPhones down because uh, they're banned for the next uh, 13 minutes or whatever it is that we've got left because uh, these two don't want them in the, in the show anymore. Lads, we talked just before the sports headlines uh, about new uh, Sunderland's transfers. We heard from Daz, obviously, talking about Paddy McNair possibly leaving Borough. Steve, we did hear from you at the in the first hour uh, Newcastle's troubles with financial fair play. We've got Calvin Phillips saga mm. and everything like that. Uh, just quickly, do you expect Newcastle to sell anyone a- in January at all? Is there any outgoings you can see actually happening? Well, I've, I've, I've actually spent a lot of time writing down um, Newcastle United's uh, transfer dealings I expect in January. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> right on. There we go. There we Radio go. Thank you. That, that, that was excellent. That was excellent. <laughs> um, the, no, right. There's not going to be any. Uh, not, I, I, I don't see anybody going out either. Um, mainly because you know the, the injury list is, is so big. Um, 
and, and and we will get rid of we will get rid of a lot of driftwood in the summer. Um, there are players' contracts up for grabs. I've seen so many people um, on social media, especially saying, "Oh, do you think they'll give Hayden a chance? Will Hayden will Hayden be the the man uh, to to change things, etc." Hayden wasn't the man to change things when he was playing at Newcastle, unfortunately, um, and he's not the man to do it now. And Eddie Howe on Friday said he's going back out on loan. Uh, Joe White, uh, one of our academy players, is coming back. Uh, he's come back off loan. I think he was on loan at Rotherham, if I if if I remember rightly. Uh, his his loan has been ended, and he is now part of the first team squad. He's a midfielder. Um, it bolsters our midfield options, um, if you like. But it's another young player who's done very well on loan, who now could find himself in the spotlight. If uh, if you know if for example you know our injury you know situation doesn't improve, and perhaps Bruno gets suspended in the next couple of games. So it's. It's not great, but no, we're not going to sell anybody. Um, but the summer, we'll see some major wheeling and dealing on behalf of Newcastle United. And I think what Newcastle have done as well, you know, the uh, the Adidas deal, the seller deal, uh, are going to become a big part of you know the you know the financial play uh, financial yeah. fair play situation for Newcastle. Uh, they they of course those deals go into next year's accounts. And I also think that we'll see. Uh, you know more sponsorships coming in in due course. I think we will see Newcastle go for a, you know, potentially a stadium naming uh, sponsor. Um, we might see um, a training kit sponsor, which we don't have. Maybe a training ground sponsor. But there are so many options for Newcastle. But they have to play the game. They've got to play the FFP game. So, you know, I still think Newcastle will bring a player in. Um, I'd love to think we could bring a couple in just to bolster that squad. Um, I would be very surprised if there's any permanent signings in this window. Uh, but never say never. We we brought Anthony Gordon in last January. Um, but you know, I don't think Newcastle will be will be going big in this window. But I don't think anybody will for the reasons we've talked about earlier. I just think Newcastle's Newcastle's got to watch themselves with financial fair play. But everybody is scared. Everybody is yep. worried about what could happen, um, you know, and, and that's the problem. You know, it, it, it'll probably will be the quietest window that we've seen in January for many, many years. But um, it just takes, you know, you know, with, with the big clubs, it just takes one big player to move. And then there's a there's a domino effect. So be interesting to see what happens. But I don't expect a great deal. But Newcastle, no, I don't think anyone will be going out. I'd like to think there'll be one, if not two, comes in. Uh, but the summer, um, this will be a big, big summer for Newcastle United. There you go. Well, there you have the breakdowns of what we think is going to happen for the remaining 13 days or so in January transfer window. Uh, probably still a lot to play out for a couple of clubs. And will Middlesbrough get their striker? We'll wait and see. And, of course, you'll get all that news here from the three leg ends uh, as we get the breaking news <laughs> first thing in the morning. Plus uh, a couple of inside sources uh, from all of us that we seem to be in touch with. So it will be good to see what happens at the end of January and see where we line up. But Middlesbrough ever so impressive once again with Ailey and Finners as my goodness me Daz time to be excited as a Borough fan yeah I was saying this earlier when you were um, playing with your microphone uh, you know it is an exciting time at the moment to be a Borough fan um what um <laughs> thinly veiled dig up and <laughs> oh, flip the love alone <laughs> yeah, thank you somebody stick up for me I want that guy that texted in earlier <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it wasn't a dig at all. Um, no, uh, it was. While you were playing with your bike, it sounded like you were married. <laughs> you know, when the missus does that. Yeah, yeah, oh, I know. Oh, I know. I said, while you were sorry, really Des. busy. 
Yeah. I DM'd you and said, I'm sorry, Daz, I'm sorting it out. And you bring it up on air again. I can't work under these circumstances. <laughs> um, no, I think it is an exciting time to be a Borough fan. I was, you know, and, and we're, yes. we're getting a lot of uh, press at the moment, you know, a lot of uh, yes. the pundits talking about, uh, you know, how well Carrick's doing. Uh, you know, links again last night to uh, Carrick. Uh, possibly going to Palace, which is 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 just bizarre. Um, so right. yeah, you know, I, I, obviously this, this, we've got this big game next Tuesday. It's it's a massive massive game for us uh, in our season, uh, and from where we're at as a club, um, and you know, we've I know we will talk about it, you know, closer to the time. Um, but yeah, it's I'm 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 really excited at the moment. I think there's a real buzz, you know, with the players coming back in that we've got. Um, it's fin as as he looks. He looks like a player. Um, yeah, and and Ailing as well to come in. You know, I think I think it's telling that Ailing went straight into the side uh, yeah. at the weekend. Um, what, so yeah. what excites me the most as is by the recruitment strategies that we've pulled away from that that strategy of we were going to just buy youngsters. I mean, we've seen Luke Ailing. He could mm. fill a role. He can do a job for the end of the season. The recruitment team went and got him, and even though he's 32, 33 years old now. So, you know, I mean, it, that's what I love about the Borough recruitment is that we're not just so solely focused on 18, 19-year-olds that, you know, might, you know, be good on the wage bill in a couple of years when we've developed them. But right now, Luke Ayling can come in and do a job. We don't have a right back, and I love that. And I'm very excited by the bar. Anyway, let's 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 talk in this last 17 minutes or so about Richard Masters, the CEO of the Premier League, who did come out yesterday and he was talking a lot about financial fair play and decisions that the Premier League are making. Now we've seen obviously just recently as well, Nottingham Forest and Everton have been charged. Everton second time again, uh, not their first time, uh, second time now. Uh, Teddy, I'll start with you. Nottingham Forest, obviously, well, I think we all sort of that coming when you're spending 300 millions on yeah. uh, on players when you first get promoted players, from the yeah. championship. Everton, obviously, we thought might have been done and dusted, but we did hear rumours that there was more pain coming their way. Can we, what would you think is a fair ruling given that Everton have already been deducted 10 points and do you think it's just written in stone that Nottingham are just going to be deducted 10, 10 points as well? For me, to, to kind of keep fairness going, I think if, the, if you, you first of all got to kind of write down when these offences have taken place. So, right, we're making these charges now. We're, we've charged, you know, we've introduced charges to Man City as well. Obviously, you know, those 105 charges, whatever. They've charged Everton previously. They've charged them again. They've now charged Nottingham Forest as well. There's rumour that Chelsea are going to be as well. Right. What you've got to do at, at, at that stage is make this completely fair. Let's say, right, so anything... They're talking about, like, the financial year, aren't they? Let, let's say, the, the last three financial years. Each yeah. financial year has a cut-off, an end date. So I think that there should be a submission, an end submission date to make charges to teams so that the okay. points are gathered... Right, so right, there's um, if if we're going to use ten points as the marker, which they have, nobody else has. The, the, you know, Richard Masters has done this. Ten points for Everton for one breach of the rules. Right, so Manchester City end of the season, you've got 105, so that's 105 times 10 points. Yeah, you can see what that's going. Uh, Nottingham Forest, you've got. I'm I'm just making numbers up here, by the way. I'm paraphrasing. Nottingham Forest, you've got three charges, so we're going to dock you 30 points, and that's got to be done by the end of that season. So everybody knows where they are. Otherwise, you're just gonna end up with this absolute mess. 
and that's the way that's the way it's going right now. There needs to be some sort of cut off point where the, if they've got grounds, if they think that that's that's it, let let Man City fight it in court. If they found if they found not guilty after that, then you know put them back in the Premier League because with with a thousand and fifty points deducted, I'm guessing they're probably going to be facing relegation. They'd have to go on some win and run to defeat that. Um, so yeah, just just issue the, the these fines. Oh, well, I'm saying fines. The docking of points. Get them done by the end of the season and get on with it. Because right now it's just like well, we're finding this one, we're finding that one. It's just two. It's bits and pieces. There's clubs who we know should be issued charges that aren't being, but they're going for the low hanging fruit with the likes of Forest. I mean, Forest. It, it's like a six year old kid who's found twenty quid. They've just blown it all on sweets, and now they feel ill. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's that's essentially what they've done. Um, yeah, so, like that the kind of well, I do, I do come up with one now and again, but um, yeah, that, that for me, mate, there just needs to be some sort of order to these charges that have been made. Yeah, I love it, Steve. Obviously, you're well adversed with the financial fair play. We've seen Nottingham now charged. We've seen Everton for the second time. Uh, do you think that? I mean, for me, the, the the crying out thing here is that if Man City's charges are delayed at all, we may see them push into the start of next season, if not next season. I mean, if they've breached stuff in the past two or three years, shouldn't they be affected right now like Everton and Nottingham Forest are? I mean, if we see Man City charged next season, how is that fair on Nottingham and Everton who are getting charges right now? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, th- there's no sense in this, and, and and it can only be down to the fact that they've got lawyers which are kicking the can down the road. We've seen documentaries, we've seen, you know, we've seen articles about Manchester City, and and you know, uh, you know, Manchester United have breached, you know, and and, and only got two hundred thousand pound fine. There was no points deduction. I mean, yeah, completely different circumstances, I guess, for Manchester United as opposed to what Everton and Forest have done. But, you know, still, you know, uh, we're going down the route of taking points off. Everton potentially taking more points off them and taking points off Forest. Yet Manchester United get a financial fine. Chelsea get a fine. Um, you know Manchester City potentially. You know you know could end up with the, the most severe of fines. But we, we we don't know because it keeps getting kicked down the road. I really I just think it's it seems to be at the moment one rule for one and one rule for another. But. Um, you know, we've got to reserve judgment until we see what happens with Man City. It seems to be such a complicated case. There's 115 charges, and you know, we we just, you know, we're left scratching our heads at the whole situation. Um, one would imagine, though, that if things are changed and things are altered, that that will make a blind bit of difference because there needs to be, you know, retrospective punishments for teams that have breached the rules. Um, you can't. You can't hope that you can hang back and hang back and hang back, and it's not going to happen. Um, you know, it, it. You know, it's like, you know, it's like avoiding something. It's like, you know, so, you know, the police, the police want to arrest somebody, and you know, you go on the run. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know two years time that the police are going to forget exactly what what they wanted you for you know they're, they're going to come knocking at your door when you move back into your area and they, they see you you know you're going to get arrested and you're going to get charged so it's exactly the same in, in, in FFP you know Manchester United can't hide forever uh, Manchester City sorry can't hide forever um, and, and you know we can say it's alleged we can say it's, it's this it's that but how are lads there's 115 charges 
one of them's got to be one of them's got to be genuine. Um, you can't tell me that they're innocent on 115 charges. Um, you would imagine that at least one of them's going to be right. Um, the law of averages tells you that. So you know, uh, yeah, you, you need to get this sorted out. There needs to be some kind of time limit put on it or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's ludicrous and it, it's very very unfair to Everton and to Notts Forest. But as we know, they're going to have a right to a right to appeal, and potentially we could have a ludicrous situation where we finish the last games of the season. We have three teams at the bottom who are all relegated and are preparing for life in the championship. Um, players will be wanting to be away. There'll be players unsettled. Um, you know, deals will be done, um, and then a few days later uh, we find out that they haven't gone down, and you know that the you know there's another team gone down because they were fourth bottom and they have just had some points to redu- uh, redu- uh, reduced. So it. It's, it's a nightmare scenario. The Premier League have made the bed and now they've got a lie in it. Taking 10 points off Everton has set the bar now and they will be judged by they will be judged by that and anybody now getting a points deduction, you know, if if you if you've breached financial fair play in a greater in a greater way than Everton have, you, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. it's going to be ten points maximum, uh, minimum. Sorry, uh, potentially more. So yeah, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. No, it is. It, it's it's the worst I've ever seen at the moment. And I've one of my biggest bugbears is, is the financial sort of not only the gap, but the the trouble that clubs are getting themselves in with loans and everything like that. It just it just doesn't seem to be fair across the playing field, and it seems to be different for every club. And that's what I hate the most. Let's let's wrap it up uh, this morning. I want to get a quick talk about football songs and how they become so prevalent at football clubs. What makes a football song? What makes a club song? Uh, and where does it start? Now, obviously, we've got. Songs that are synonymous with our, uh, with our, you know, with our clubs, our walkout songs that never change. Teddy boy, how does a song become a football, I guess, sort of history-making moment? How does a song connect with football fans, or, or how does a f- song connect with a football club in such a special way that it becomes a song that is, is so synonymous? We hear of, you know, "Never Walk Alone" now, and obviously you immediately think of Liverpool. Yeah. Um it's it's a funny one because I think it's got to be one of two things that that, that does it. It's either got to be that emotional pull. Uh, so obviously we have the Elvis song "I Can't Help Falling in Love with You." That's that's like it's it's our theme. You know, it's it's not even what we walk out to or anything like that. It's it's our "You'll Never Walk Alone" moment. It's it's the one that's sang in the stands. You know, that that really gets the hairs on the back of your neck. I mean, I remember after the playoff final, listening to the fans singing that was just like you know proper tears in the eyes moment it was just incredible yeah. but the Do you other know how thing it that makes, i i actually don't with that one i've got no idea okay. how that one came about um i mean we, we've had many many songs over the years that have usually no you're not playing <laughs> Are you really, really playing that one in the background? I love that. Nice, Daz. Nice. Um, it's either that it's or it's called gonna, radio it's production. Be hilarious. Oh, I love it, Daz. When did we it. learn that? Yeah, I've just, 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 just learned it this morning. Nah, Daz, I love it. Trying to fix it. his I'm really mic. Proud of you. Even He's though, even though you had a dig at me for my mic, that was great production by you. It, it sneaked in there. It was beautifully done. Uh, I'm sorry for drawing attention to it yeah, now. No, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's either that or it's got to be hilarious and I mean some of the songs yeah. none of them I can probably repeat on here that I can think of um, <laughs> you know whether it's something disparaging about Mr Shearer um, and that and the kind of hat that he wears um, all the way through you know we've had some absolutely brilliant ones um, yeah 
one of the ones that, uh, that that always makes me smile, and it was a it was a Celtic and Rangers thing. Um, I can actually say this one. So. Rangers used to have a, a, a goalkeeper called Andy Gorham, who sadly is no longer with us, I believe. Like a, a, a great character, Andy Gorham. But um, apparently, there was rumours going around in the press in Scotland at the time when he was playing that Andy Gorham had schizophrenia. Now that's not something you can laugh at until you get the Celtic chant. There's only two Andy Gorhams, oh. which I, oh, which I just thought was. I just thought that was one of the most creative, hilarious football chants I think I've ever heard. So, yeah, but for me, the Elvis one, mate. I, I love Dance of the Nights. I love hearing that coming on. I, I, every single time that we do the headlines, I love Ready to Go. That that yeah. gets us that gets us going as well. But the Elvis one for me is the one that really makes the, the hair stand up on my arms. Do you know how Pigbag started with the borough, Daz? Um, I don't, actually. That's a really good question. I should know that. We should know that. Um, we'll we'll find that out. Um, it's the, it's just interesting for me as an Australian <laughs> because it's songs here in Australia, Steve, aren't really sort of connected to football clubs. Uh, here yeah. in, in Australia, we've got AFL, rugby league, cricket, but none of them are connected to football songs like they are in England. And, and like the you know we see the the connection with the songs that that Newcastle or Middlesbrough and that have. And I, I just you know how does it come along in your time as Newcastle? How have you seen have you seen a song come in and go and then it just seems to stick? Yeah, I mean that's what happens. I mean uh, we've got some good song songsters, song songmeisters, I guess on our terraces. The the songs come thick and fast. Um, songs come with you know with, with with a good team though. I think as well. That's what you tend to find on the terraces. You know if if your team is doing well, then you you know you have a song for each of the players. But I mean for four, for fourteen years at Newcastle under Ashley probably pick a handful of songs that, that came from, from that era because the, most of the players were rubbish um, you know Johan Kibai is probably one that I can think and even that song had a negative context to it don't sell Kibai Johan Kibai you know I just don't think you understand I mean it, it's like you know <laughs> Hardly, a, hardly a song of well of support for him, you know. Although it was like we want to keep a hold of him because he's the best player we've got. Um, but yeah, that's how it happens. I mean, it, Super Mac always tells the story about you know he was amazed, you know, on his debut, his home debut against Liverpool when he scored his hat trick. You know how the crowd suddenly started singing Super Mac Superstar. How many goals have you scored so far? You know, to the tune of Jesus Christ Superstar. And he, he was amazed. He said, "Did they have song sheets with a hand in it out?" You know. But but it, it's just spontaneous. Somebody comes up with it, people buy into it, and, and, and that's how it starts. But with songs like the one we've got playing in the background, you know, um, it's it's commercial. Um, you know, we've got a wide reach now around the world with, you know, MTV started it, of course. But, you know, people people can stick it on their TV, they can stick it on the radio, they can go and download the record as opposed to buying a single or, or an album these days. And a lot of it's just down to promotion, you know, how much, how much PR and promotion are, are behind them. Um, it takes a lot to, to to get a song into the you know to, to get a song out there produced, um, but then to get it into the charts, um, not as not as difficult as you would think um, now because it, you know this you know a lot of it's based on sales and downloads and we not just don't. One. We just don't Not sell. Playing now, Steve. Yeah, we do. We just don't sell. We just don't sell records anymore. Um, but this this one in particular, I mean, the you know the, the, the you know the 
1990 World Cup anthem and you know of course the one that came out in 96 the one we never mentioned these days the uh, you know the, the one about New, uh, about England not winning anything for years um, Three Lions it's become yeah, they've become synonymous with England so that's why they do so well they got backed they've got a good tune um, you know and people bought into it because again England were doing very well so yeah it's it, you know it is it is something that I would listen to I, I'll, listen, I'll listen to this one I think this is probably one of the best tracks lads I don't know about you oh absolutely I don't know. in its day I, I think it's become a bit of a millstone now yeah it has hasn't it but that, this one and, and you know New Order fantastic yeah, two, the two New great Order football good, songs yeah. it's just interesting 100%. for me that, a, that a, a songwriter or a band or something would probably not go in the intention to write a song that's going to be Liverpool's main walkout tune or Sunderland, Newcastle, Middlesbrough but it just seems to be connected and that's what continues to some songs that have probably not ever played on the radio but are still so synonymous with football fans you know um you know, there's so many songs out there that you just remind you of, of, of that you connect with with football, and I love that about about our game and it, and obviously the England as a as a culture and that that we connect music with our football and our teams and you know the memories we have and I absolutely love that because it isn't something that's you know synonymous even in America with all the sports they have you know you think of baseball NFL ice hockey now they have songs but none of them are connected to teams you know here in Australia we have the same thing but in England you know the the songs are significant to what they mean and what club they represent so i absolutely love it and that ladies and gentlemen boys and girls wraps up rise return northeast brekkie show baby he's done we didn't kill him we didn't the microphone survived i will be back with my proper setup tomorrow i do promise you that daz you are up next i do believe yeah we've got the fabulous shobna galati on the show this morning she's appearing in everybody's talking about jamie at the newcastle um theater royal so she's on the show today really excited about that we've got um all the usual nonsense plus the quiz that is sweeping the nation uh gents thank you very much good to have you back rye cheers Um, lads uh we will be back Tomorrow morning from seven on the Northeast Footy Breakfast. Have a good one, guys. Goodbye. Thank you. Yes, he said it. Clip it. Clip it. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red. Tune and